بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. So we continue this narration of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wherein Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman he mentioned that the people used to ask the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the good but <clears throat> I used to ask him about the evil for fear that it may reach me. So he left off on the part where he mentioned the du'at ala abwabi jahannam the call is upon the doors of the hellfire the callers upon the doors of the hellfire. This is very important to know, brothers and sisters, and know who is who. You can't turn a blind eye, as we mentioned. You can't look away. You can't bury your hand, your head under the sand like an ostrich and think it's going to go away. It's revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned that it would happen, it would take place. In other narrations, he said, for those who live long And whenever she says After me You'll see many differences So letting us know it's going to occur We can't escape it We can't. We, it's not going to happen how we want it to happen No doubt we want to be upon One ummah This is this ideal To be one ummah But the only way we can be one ummah Is upon kitab and sunnah And how the illustrious companions understood it other than that, we're playing games with ourselves. And we're lying to the people, we're deceiving the people. Because the Messenger of Allah Himself, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said it's going to happen, it's going to take place. Allah Himself said it's going to take place. And the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, gave us a cure and a solution to it. In that narration that's found in the 40 ahadith of Imam Nawi, or Nawawi, you can see the way. And it's also recorded in Ahmed and Turmidi, or Turmidi, and it's in different narrations that it's going to occur. And the solution is that, as he mentioned, he says, what? Who knows the answer? What did he say in that narration? Alaykum bi sunnati. Alaykum bi sunnati. This is like fil amr. Alaykum bi sunnati. What else? <laughs> so he said, upon you is my sunnah. And the sunnah of the khulafa are rashidin. They call it khulafa, they call it rashidin and mahdiin. And he said, bite upon it with your molatif. And then he says, beware in every newly invented matter. So here it lets us know that anything outside of Quran and the Sunnah and how the companions, the illustrious companions understood it, it's innovation. You have to beware of it. And he made his Sunnah and their Sunnah one. He said, Urdu Aleha. Right? Upon it. Not Alehima. He didn't say upon them. He said upon it. And the, and the Mashaykh, the scholars emphasized that in his narration. That he made his sunnah and their sunnah one. So you can't separate. Because he said it himself. Upon you is my sunnah and their sunnah. So it's going to happen. And I take my hat off or my kufi off to Beitul Makarram. For allowing someone like myself to teach weekly classes. Why? Because it takes courage to do that. Because everyone doesn't want the truth. I've been in some masajid where they have people who have PhDs. And when I've been there to teach, you know, one time and never again, because 
the reality is that they themselves became exposed indirectly. I didn't go in and start to expose, but, but when you teach the pure aqidah, it's going to make everything else look dull. Like the message, like the poet said, he said, "Adiddu yathhiru hasnadiddu, bididu hat debayinu ashiyau." That the opposite of a thing clarifies and beautifies its opposite, and when knowing its opposite, it makes things clear. So I've been in places where people have PhDs, but yet the people didn't know the basis of aqidah. Shurut la ilaha illallah. What is the shurut la ilaha illallah? What is the ma'ana of la ilaha illallah? These basic things that everyone supposed to know in, this, in the religion And just like how here Brothers from different nationalities I was the only Except the brother who came with me We were the only Americans there Other than that It was people from all over the globe Sitting right in front of me Like you sitting in front of me But they didn't know This basic fundamental principle Of Aqidah What the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Himself Strived to teach For those many years and when I exposed it and made it come, become clear, automatically everyone started to say, after it was over, it was like, we've never heard this before. So I asked this a question, how long has the teacher, the doctor been teaching you? Said, they said for five years. I said, you never heard Tawheed once, they said not once. So what's he teaching you? Quran, Tafsir. But there's a statement by one of the scholars, he said, Al-Quran, Kulahu Tawheed, all of it's Tawheed. All the Quran is Tawheed. So how can he for five years teach and never teach about the subject of Tawheed? This is what the Messenger Wasallam came with. So I take my hat off, my kufi off to Beit Makarram for allowing, you know, the truth to go forward. You know, and, and, and not being afraid to allow, you know, the truth to go forward. To allow, and, and, to, and to allow me to, to teach and, 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 and take advice and, 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 and want more uh, uh, instruction. They want people to learn Try to learn the sunnah. They want to try to, you know, correct affairs and have people to, to learn the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we take our hats off to them. We should thank them, you know, for allow. And just like the food, this is, you know, alhamdulillah. They, they on their own accord. They, they, I didn't ask them for food. They themselves, you know, gracious enough to, to, for food. And most of the time we have our Sunday classes, our weekly class on aqidah. Food is being provided. It's rare that it's not. Maybe rare occasions here and there, but food is being provided. So, one, this is a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, a, a blessing that is mubarak. When you come together to to remember Allah subhanahu wa taala, the best thing you can do is, is worship. When you acknowledge, in fact, knowledge is the highest form of worship. The scholars say because without knowledge, you can't worship Allah. Because Allah says, "Fa'alum, anhu la ilaha illallah." It's fil amr, a verb of command. He said, first know that none has the right to worship Allah." So this is worship. When we come together, this is the best remembrance we can do. The best thing that we can do, come together for the pure aqidah. Unadulterated, pure aqidah sahihah. No additions, no alterations, no subtractions. Pure, based on kitab and sunnah. Not upon our opinions, based upon kitab and sunnah. Any mistakes come from us. But it's not going to come, we're not going to come and try to play with you and, and water it down. So in continue, he said the du'at upon the doors of the hellfire. So he says, had the farq ma he said, and the du'at al-khair yad'una ila Allah wa ila dinihi wa ila jannah wa du'at al-shar yad'una ila nar He said that here that when it, when it mentioned the messenger said the du'at ala 
Abwabi Jahannam, or Illa Abwabi Jahannam, because the different narrations, Bukhari Muslim, call us upon the doors of the hellfire. He said that here, this is a distinction between the callers of good and the callers of evil. He said the callers of good, they call to Allah, they call to His deen, they call to the Jannah, to the paradise. And the du'at of shar, of evil, they call to the nar. Remember the narration said, the messenger said, whoever responds to them, they will cast them into the hellfire. They will cast whoever responds to them in the hellfire. <clears throat> so then he goes on to say, So, فَعَلَى الْمُسْلِمِينَ It's upon the Muslimin that يُحَذَرُوا مِنْ هَوْلَيْهِ That they warn from these people. They warn from them. You can't keep silent. There's a statement by one of the earlier uh, scholars. He said, Ali ibn al-Daqaq. He said, As-Saqitu and al-Haq, Shaytan al-Akhras. Utakalimu bil-Batil, Shaytan al-Natiq. That the one who's silent about the truth, he's quiet about the truth. He knows the truth, but he's quiet. He don't say anything because he wants to be in favor of the people. He don't want the people to turn away from him because he wants their favor. He wants their praise. Because people don't like the truth. Islam is strange. The message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say what? Badda al-Islam? Islam begins with the strains. Fusayyuda? Kama? Fatuba? It's clear. The message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Islam began as something strange. Every turn has been strange. So Tuba. And the, the scholars say Tuba is a tree in paradise or is paradise itself for the strangers. And then another narration says, Who are those strangers, O Messenger of Allah? He said, Those who rectify the people when the people become corrupted. The Messenger said this, Those who rectify the people when they become corrupted. Are we not corrupted today? All of us, myself included, we corrupted. We corrupted because we don't follow the correct aqidah. So, he says that, so the, these callers, he said, it's, imp it's, 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 it's imperative that the Muslims, that they warn from these people. And he said, and indeed, there are many in this time of ours, many. And he says, he said, and Allah knows best, that in the future there be many more towards the later of times. And he said, and they will come with means that these du'at the eponymous goddess didn't have before them. So for instance, 20 years ago, what you find today, some of these calls upon the doors of Jehenim, they didn't have 20 years ago what they have to, the calls had today. They didn't have the, the, the worldwide web. You know, the web was just, become, just coming, you know, uh, smartphones, all those things were just coming into, you know, it was like really just coming into existence. You know, at first you had, on internet you had dial-up. I remember my daughter, when she was young, and once I was doing a dial-up, and it said, uh, you know, welcome, you have mail. And she, could, she couldn't talk, but she just learned how to talk. But every time I go on the internet, when I was going to do something, it said, welcome, you have mail. So one day when she started to talk, she, she tried to say it, and she, that's exactly what she said. That time it wasn't no, it wasn't no high-speed internet. It was, you know, you dial up, you put the plug into the phone. It wasn't no high-speed internet. It wasn't like that. So 20 years ago, it wasn't, you couldn't spread that person. He was limited to his locale. His bid'ah was limited to that locale. Or he may travel here and there, get lectured, but he wasn't that effective. But now, with, the, with, the, with, the, with YouTube, 
and with Twitter and with Facebook and all these other social media means, a person can be in the comfort of his home. And he can say things that spread to the whole Muslim world in seconds. And he has 100,000 views in one week. All to hear him speak about bid'ah, innovation. And because he has flowery speech, because he speaks Arabic, because he says Allah said this and the messenger said this, then he tricks the people. And this is why the messenger said they will have our skins. He said and they will speak our tongue, have our tongues. But they be caused upon our doors of hellfire. But they will say things like, you can learn Aqidah in 15 minutes. Aqidah is easy. Aqidah is easy. This is what they say on the internet. These du'at upon the doors of the hellfire. Aqid is easy. You can learn it in 15 minutes. I learned it in, in, in Mauritania in 15 minutes in poetry, they say. In 15 minutes, they say. How is it that Aqid is that easy to learn in 15 minutes when the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, spent a, over a decade in Mecca? There was no halal. There was no haram. It was only Aqid being taught. Go back and read your history. Look at the Quran. Look how the Quran is revealed. If you know anything about the ulum al Quran, if you look, you know about the asbab al nuzul, the reason for revelation. Look at the anas min sukh. Why those eyes have been abrogated? They were abrogated because when they got stronger, now that don't apply anymore. Now this applies. This is learning the Quran, not just reciting it. Understand the reason for it and how to implement it. Look at the Messenger's life, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in Mecca. There was no halal haram. Khamar was not prohibited. It was only disliked to the point where Allah said, "Don't come. At least don't come to salat." That's the first ayah revealed about it. Don't come to salat in a state of intoxicants. Okay, you're going to drink. You're not strong enough yet. Don't come to salat like this. Then later became haram. Not until they went to Medina. Khamar did not become haram until they went to Medina. Till more than ten years, and then they poured it out in the streets. Why? Because Allah was building upon the aqidah. Upon la ilaha illallah, they become firm in their hearts. They're backed. A man who's upon aqidah sahiha, he's like a lion. He's like a lion. He can't be compared to. There's no comparison. A lion has no predators in the wild. He's the king of the jungle. A person who's upon thabat, upon la ilaha illallah, big difference between someone who's not. Big difference. As he mentioned, be firm when the fitna comes. No matter how long it's be, how long is it going to be? How many years is it going to take? Be firm, the bat. So, he said there are many, especially the later the times. And their means will be different than those that came before them. So now we see today, 10 years from now, when our kids are growing up, when they're no longer teenagers, when they're now going to be young men, they're in their 20s, in their 30s. And we're dead and gone. Or we in our 70s. And they're in their 20s. Now it's going to be a different ball game. It's going to be a game changer. Did we prepare our children for that? And then we turn around and we get upset when our daughter come home with a boyfriend. Or our Muslim son come home and say, Dad, I'm gay. Because the du'at al-abwabi jahannam said it's okay. Do you know in Virginia there's an imam? In Virginia. That says that there's nothing in the Quran. He studied in Syria. He learned the Arabic language. He says there's nothing in the Quran that prohibits homosexuality. Du'at al-abwabi jahannam. 
a call on doors of the hellfire. And he says if it was not for him, he said, many people would have left Islam. He said, these gay people, now, yes, they're sinners. Yes, you know, say we can call them to the haq. But you can't justify it. You justify it now. This imam is making halal, Allah is made haram. If you make a halal, you become a kafir. It's kufr. But for someone to practice it, no, it's not kufr, it's fisk. No doubt, they're a sinner, major sinner. But if they say what I'm doing is halal, and the proof has been established upon them. You're the first established the hujjah, the barahan. The evidence is upon them first. You can't say you're a kafir, no. Establish the evidences. But this imam in Virginia, he's telling the people, there's nothing in the Quran or Sunnah that prohibits gay marriage. And he openly proclaims to be gay. Du'at al-Aqwabi Jahannam. 70,000 Muslims in a gay parade in Europe. 70,000. So when our children come home and say, We're dead, you know, I know you want me to get married to Sister Fatima, but I'm not ready for that. I want to break, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something that's been, I've been holding for a long time. I would be loud. They may sound funny, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm trying to make it funny. I want to marry Muhammad. I want to marry, you know, Joe or John. Audhubillah. Then you're gonna go crazy, and then you're gonna you yourself, or as some Muslim practice, they go outside of the Sharia, and their person has now dishonored the family. So now you even transgress even more, and you kill them. Honor killings, they call it. There's no honor in that. It's haram. That's even more haram than what your daughter has done. When your daughter takes a boyfriend, you must first look at why did she take that boyfriend? Because you did not warn her against the du'at al-abwabi jahannam. The cause of the doors of the hellfire. And we, you and I, would be responsible for that. If we did our job, we called them against it, and they did it, we were free with Allah from that. But if you're not telling them to beware of this one and that one, for then then you can expect they're going to take a boyfriend. You can expect they're going to take a girlfriend. Because you're not giving them no guidelines. You're not telling them what the Messenger of Allah is telling them. I'm not saying this. The Messenger said this. Du'at al-abwabi jahannam. Don't get mad at me. The Messenger said it. He said it. He's warning this ummah out of love for us. Out of concern for us. Yes, it's going to hurt some feelings. Yes, it's, a, it's a, a difficult pill to swallow. Yes, it's a needle we don't want to take. But yet, we do everything we can to save our lives in the dunya. And we know we're dying and they told us you had to spend every penny you had in the bank. You worked for 30 years to save that money in the bank. You worked hard to do good for your family, to raise your family, to give them the good in this dunya. You do whatever you can to make sure they have. But yet, when it comes to spinning the way of Allah, oh, I don't know about that. But yet, if they told you you had to save your life, you know, think about the akhirah, saving your life in the akhirah. You're saving your life from the dunya. This dunya is worthless. Adna is low and despicable. Has no value, no wealth. This is why the Messenger of Allah is this world like a traveler. You're traveling through. It's like a bridge. You don't build on the bridge. You, a bridge is a means to pass over. You don't build on it. It's not made for that. 
So this dunya is not the made to build your life in this dunya. It's to build in the akhirah. We're going to get the biggest home. Do everything we can, but we don't want a home in the Jannah. A, 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 a mansion that in every corner there's a wife for us. A pious wife. And this is for those who don't have a wife, or you have a wife, especially those who don't have a wife. You find it difficult to get married. When the Jannah, there are women who don't have any minces. Women who are, that's another narration I can't mention, but kids are here, but nonetheless, who will please you. Women who, not like the women here in this dunya, who are trialing a test for us. As Allah said, you're ajwajikum, awladikum. You know what I'm saying? Your, 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 your wives and your children and your wealth are fitting for you. In the akhirah, these women are not going to be like the women here. They're fitting Sometimes they give us problems. That's the message you said. He said the most curved part, it was in their head, their mouth, because it gets them in trouble. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu said in the Jahannam, in the hellfire scene, the most were women. Because why? Because of their ungratefulness towards their husband. Their kufr towards them, not disbelief, meaning ungratefulness towards their husband. The word kufr was you, meaning ungratefulness towards their husband. But in the Jannah, it's none of that. So, ad-du'at abwaba jahannam. The call is upon the doors of hellfire. So as the Sheikh mentioned, the means that are being used will be different in the future they use now. The wasail, they have different means. Now the worldwide net, as I mentioned, 20 years ago they didn't have that. But now they're everywhere in our households. As one of the Mashaykh said, the same Sheikh who explained this, he said that when you bring a television to your home, he said you're only one builder. You allow a thousand destroyers in your home when you leave. A thousand destroyers. How can you compare to that? When you leave, you buy that dish, you buy that TV, and you have all, how many channels do they have now? What, 900 channels, so many channels, you know what I mean, this is a ridiculous. It's not like before when we were growing up, we only had a few channels. Turn on some channels, the static come on. With no more control. It was those big block TVs, or this, it was no, you know, that was the first, you know, what, we call them the uh, flat screens. Big block TV about this tall, about this big, on the floor, heavy. Take about 10 movers to move it. You gotta turn it, and you only get certain channels. And then, a certain time of night, it's going off. Shh! Or the, they don't have the, what's that, the Pledge of Allegiance on at night, late at night. Gonna be on the TV. Ain't gonna be no all night long TV, 24 hours. 150, 190, 108, 300 channels you can go to. So, the Sheikh said that when you, when you put that television in your home, you are one destroyer. I mean, you are one builder. But you allow a thousand destroyers in your home. A thousand. So you must make sure that you safeguard yourself and your family from the du'at. So they're saying you can learn aqidah in 15 minutes. They're also saying that the aqidah of Ahlul Sunnati with Jama'ah is not the true aqidah. And they call themselves Sunni. And they call themselves Shaykh. And they have PhDs. And the people look up to them. And they speak Arabic. And they study for numerous of years overseas. And then they say things like, the true aqidah is not the aqidah of Ahl al-Sunnati with Jama'ah. That's the minority, they say. They say the true aqidah is the aqidah of the Matariyya. 
They say because in the fourth century, this is the majority of people, the Mataradiyya. This is the majority of people, the Mataradiyya, like the Ash'ari. The Ash'ari are those who deny the attributes of Allah. They deny the attributes of Allah. They make ta'atil with the attributes of Allah. They don't accept Allah ascending over His throne, although He said it in the Quran over six times. They say, no, Allah has no jihad, no direction at all. But these duat Abu Abu Jahannam we allow into our homes. Because they speak well, everybody sees them. They say that this is not the true aqidah. They say the true aqidah is the mataradiyya because they were the majority in the fourth century. How many of you heard that movie called Al Fatah in Constantinople? When they, uh, the Ottoman Empire, when they took over, you know, the Muslims were in the Ottoman Empire and they were, you know, they, 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 they made Islam prevalent and so on and so forth, right? I found out that that movie is actually by, first and foremost, Muhammad, uh, he was Matridiyya, one who denied the attributes of Allah. So now, if you look at that show or your kids look at it, they become influenced and they may think that his way is okay. Then later in real life, they found out he was, he was Matridiyya, they may accept that way. How many heard the movie Omar Mukhtar? Remember Omar Mukhtar? And remember uh, Mussolini? Who remembers that? Omar, from, he was from Lebanon, right? Who's Lebanon? Libya. Libya. How many know that he was upon the tariqah of Sufiya? Those who believe like is physically everywhere in his creation. But she don't know that. And these movies are being produced and spread in the Muslim world. And these are the only movies that we have that are being produced. And you're thinking that these movies are okay, but these movies are about people who are from the du'at abwaab jahannam That creed is not okay. We can't have tolerance for that because Allah doesn't have tolerance for it. The Messenger of Allah didn't have tolerance for it. The companions didn't have tolerance for it. The tabi'in didn't have tolerance for it. Not shirk billah, not these things. But see, today, we're in, a, we're in a society where in modern times, they make you accept, especially for those coming to the West, because they make you think you're not tolerant when you, when you do this. They make you think that you're extreme. It's not extreme. Extremism, ISIS is upon. That's extremism. Rehabiyin, that's extremism. Al-Qaeda, that's extremism. Right? That's not extreme. That's preserving the religion. So they make you think that you're extreme. So therefore, Muslims start to say, like, Another one of the other callers of the doors of Jahannam, who has massive followers, PhD, going in his site, you see, you find thousands and thousands of YouTube hits. He says that if Umar bin Khattab was here today, Umar, the companion, the second Khalifa, the one the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi said that if there was a prophet after me, it would have been Umar, but there's no prophet after me or the Khulafa. He said if Umar was here today. He would not be able to pass a simple basic aqidah test in the university. Du'at ala buabi jahannam. He's called Sayyid Sunni. PhD. I'm not making this up. This is reality. They're all on YouTube. They can speak like this in, in, in light of the companions. Other than them. Those who Allah said, Radiallahu anhum radu an. Allah is pleased with them and they with him. And it's no problem. Everybody still accepts them. 
But if you say something about them, what you should do, people don't warn against that. Because you know the, the, the ayah in the Quran, Surah Al Imran, when Allah says there are verses that are, uh, 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 that are clear and there's some that are not so clear, mutashabih. Then he said, what? In the, he said, in those who have disease in the heart, right? Zayqum, fi right? Disease in their heart. They go after what? The verses that are not so clear. The message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained this hadith. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha said that Allah has named them. Fahtaruhum. He said Allah has named them. Allah has named, named them. Right? So beware of them. Allah has named them, so beware of them. The messenger said this. Beware of them. So when you now tell people that this person who's claiming to have a PhD, who claims to be a Sunni, but he's saying these things, who go that go against the religion. He's speaking about the people who the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned. Those who love the Ansar is a proof of iman in Bukhari, and those who are against them is lack of iman. Right? Look, this is a characteristic of the Shia who curse the companions, speak bad about the companions, but they say they're Sunni and they say these things. The people accept that, and you come along, you say, "Well, you look, ah, mashallah, this is the proof of the religion. This is not correct." How can you say something like this? These are what Allah said, they are guided. The messenger said they got it. Allah says he's pleased with them. Allah will never be pleased with someone who is upon misguidance. He will never be pleased with someone who don't know the religion. Allah says he's prepared Jannah for them. Right? They say, ah, why are you talking about the people like this? They talk about the companions. They talk about the messenger of Allah. And this same individual, who PhD say Sunni? Who say this? He also can go and say, "Well, I used to be uh, ignorant and not balanced in my religion when I was younger." And I used to warn against the Shia, Rewafel, the, the extreme Shia, those who curse the companions, those who say things about Aisha, um, the mother of the, the believers, and so on and so forth. Say evil things about them. Those who name their dogs in Iran Abu Bakr and Aisha, and they beat their dogs and so on. All these kind of evil things they do. He said, I used to be a person who would speak about his, but now today he's more balanced. Right? With his PhD. And he said, we have to forget about those differences and come together. Against those who are enemies of Allah, enemies of the believers. Allah says in the Quran, I mean, sorry, Allah says in the Quran, He says, لا تجدوا قوم يؤمنون بالله ويوم الآخر يوادون هذا الله ورسوله. Right? You will not find. Listen what Allah says. You will not find. You will not find. He says, You will not find. I mean, it's impossible to find these people. If you do, that means that they're not upon the correct belief. You will not find the people, right, loving those who oppose Allah and His Messenger. They oppose Allah and His Messenger. But they can come with their PhDs. And so I used to be. A person like that, but now I'm more tolerant. Now I have a PhD, and I can see things better. I'm, I'm, in, I'm intellectual. So now, we must come together and put our differences to the side. And they're more humiliating. They come and they say, they themselves say, well, he used to be against us, but now he's with us. Allah says what? He says what? Be with who? He says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. What? Barakallahu Allah says, Oh, you believe, fear Allah and be with those who are truthful. 
in the Quran. How can you be with people who are not truthful to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So he said, there be many. We got five more minutes, we're going to close, inshallah. Then he says that here, listen to this very carefully. <clears throat> he says, so whoever responds to them, they were thrown up in it, the hellfire. He said, meaning those who acquiesce, those who submit, those who have inqiyad, unyielding obedience to them. And keep in mind, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Allah would not forgive an inner leader. And the message, and Ali ibn Abi Talib said in the introduction of Sahih Muslim, Sahih Muslim, he said that Allah's curse is upon the one who shelters the innovator. Allah's curse is upon the one who shelters the innovator. And the, the scholars explain meaning that, give him physical shelter. If he's in his, in an Islamic country where they give the hudud of Allah and he's upon that thing which makes him left us, he left us the middle of Islam and he must be executed because he didn't, he's spreading it. And if you shelter him, Allah is cursed upon you. And also they say it means that if you support an innovator in his ideology, and you defend him with your tongue, when someone is trying to clarify his, his affair, his hal, then Allah is cursed upon you. This is serious. Allah is cursed like anyone else curse. curse. Allah is curses upon him. So we, we're quick to tell our wives, the, the messenger of Allah sallallahu said that the woman who does not, who husband goes to bed at night, while her husband is angry at her, Allah is cursed upon her into the morning. We quickly tell our wives that. But what about the curse of Allah upon the one who shelters the innovator? How many people promote the innovators? How many people open their doors and allow the innovators to come into their masajid and indoctrinate their people with this bid'ah, this evil? Du'at Abu Abi Jahannam. The cause of the doors of hellfire. So we all going to stand before Allah. So it's not my concern whether people like me or not. As long as I know I'm not contradicting the religion. As long as I know I'm gentle and just with the people. As long as I know I'm fair with the people. I can't be concerned about people hating what I'm saying because I have to say the truth. If it means I can never speak anywhere in the face of the earth, alhamdulillah, walillahi alhamd. We have technology. I use it just like they use it. I have a phone. I teach other places. I teach my kids, alhamdulillah. I have enough kids to teach, alhamdulillah. So I, I can still spread the religion of Allah. Alhamdulillah, walillahi alhamd. This is the raw truth. The raw truth. We're going to go to our grave soon. Every soul would taste of death. You would literally taste it. Health has nothing to do with it. Your wealth is not going to save you from dying. Your money is not going to save you. You can buy about all the medicine you want. If Allah doesn't want it, you're still going to die. You have all the money to take care of all kinds of ailments. It's not going to happen if Allah doesn't decree it. We're still going to die. We're going to meet Allah. I'm going to be by myself. No one can save me. My children can't save me. Don't you know when it comes to Jews, Amma, and the, one of the explanations says that when, when, the, when the mother would flee from her child, it said that Isa, alayhi salam, would flee from his own mother, Maryam. They're two righteous people. Two righteous people. They will flee from one another on Yom Qiyamah. What about we not righteous? We're far from that. We're striving to try to be we're striving to be Muslims, let alone mu'min and muhsineen. Two righteous people will run from one another on Yom Qiyamah. Isa running from his own mother and she running from him. That's a serious affair we're going to be standing before Allah with. So how are we going to deal with it? So in closing, he said, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa he quoted, وَآنَا هَذَا سَرَاطٌ مُسْتَقِيمًا فَتَبِعُوهُ وَلَا تَتَبِعُوهُ سُبُولًا فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ ذَلِكُمْ وَسَاقُمْ بِي لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ 
He said that here the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi he recited the ayah in Surah Al-An'am, the 153rd ayah. Say, this is this is my path, the straight path. So follow it, and do not follow follow other paths that separate you from His path. Allah is saying this. He said, this has been ordained for you, so perhaps you may fear Allah. Then the Messenger of Allah sallallahu after that, he said the Messenger, he clarified this ayah. And he drew a, a line in the sand. And he said, had the Allah. He drew a straight line. He said, this is the path of Allah. Then he drew a line from the right. Yaminihi wa shimali. To the right and to the left. And he says, قَالَ هَذَا سُبُلْ عَلَى كُلِّ سُبِلْ مِنْهَا شَيْطَانٍ He said, then he drew a path from the right and to the left. And he said, the messenger did this. He drew a straight line to this path of Allah, explaining this ayah. He said, this is the path of Allah, the straight path. From the right to the left, he said, this is the paths. He said, and the one narration says, upon the head of each path is shaitan calling to it. But yet today, the people tell you, oh, don't talk about bid'ah. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about innovation. If a person calls you away from innovation, that means he loves you. That means she loves you. Because they don't want you to taste the hellfire. Because the messenger said, every bid'ah is going astray. Every astray is in. He said, every, every. Not some. Not bid'ah hasana. He said, kulu is nakira. Every bid'ah is, is definite. It's all inclusive. Every bid'ah is in hellfire, he said. Every bid'ah. So when someone calls you away, like one of the mashayikh told us, he said, when you see the people, especially the kufar, walking, you should see them as the walking hellfire. You want to save them. So we want to save you. We're not trying to destroy the ummah. In fact, it brings the ummah together. Nasiha brings, when you look at the narration, when you look at the scholars explaining this hadith, they said nasiha. You know, it's like the, it's like the teller. That's what it means. One who brings your clothing together, you bring your clothing to that teller to mend your clothing when it has a hole in it or it's ripped. That teller brings the clothing back together. The one who gives you advice, he brings your deen back together. When the one advises you to stay away from bid'ah, stay away from shirk, stay away from khurafat, stay away from kufr, all these things that are anti-Islam, anti-Tawheed, anti-Sunnah, anti-Ahl-Sunnati with Jama'ah. When he calls you to that, he's not dividing the Muslims, no, he's bringing the Muslims together. He's unifying the Muslims. The one who calls you something other than that, he's dividing the Muslims. Because Allah said in Surah An'am, the 159th ayah, those who divide their deen into sex, Allah said, you have nothing to do with them. So when you divide into a hizb, into a sect, jima'atul this, jima'atul that, hizb this, then there's people, these now, they're dividing the ummah. And you are bringing it together when you call against the, when you call to the haq. And my last statement is this, People don't want the truth. And some of the people who know it, the leaders, they want to conceal the people from it, as we mentioned. We mentioned about the gay imam who lives in Virginia, who's calling people to that. There was a mass charge to teach at years ago. And I talked to her, you know, for quite some time. But, unbeknownst to me, those who controlled the mass charge was undermindedly trying to take people away. And one brother asked him one time, because they mentioned the classes, 
and he went to the khutbah, he happened to hijaz a cab, he happened to go there, he said, well, I heard you mention all these class, but you didn't mention Khalil's class, the most important class in Aqidah. He said, why? The Imam said, because Tawheed divides the Ummah. He said, because Tawheed divides the Muslims. So that's why he didn't want to tell nobody about my class. All that let me teach there, they try to, they did it out of just trying to be what they call tolerant. But underhandedly, they tell people not to attend, not to go, so on and so forth. But, but, alhamdulillah, there were people who started to come, and people started to learn the sunnah, and people started to understand, and started to gravitate towards it. So with that, subhanakallah, wa ashadu wa layla hayt'ant, astaghfirullah, wa layka, aqulla qawli hada, astaghfirullah, wa lakum. When I saw the bat, anything I said correct from Allah, from Allah, from Allah, I said from mistaking myself in the shaitan. Barakallahu feekum, hafidhukum Allah, min kulli shawas kanakum, visi janatihi. As you mentioned, this is a great narration. As I mentioned, this narration altogether will take some time, but we wanted this suffice with taking the main points as in a, w- a wake-up call, a wake-up call to all of us. So with that being said, we have a class every Sunday here at the masjid on Aqidah. Every Sunday. On the three basic fundamental principles, you'll be asked in your grave. Call into Tawheed, one from Shukr. Call into Sunnah, one from Innovation. Right? Call into the basics. You turn the Muslims to the basics, understanding the, the basics of the religion, understanding the shuru' la ilaha illallah, what tawheed means. So we invite you to come because the only solution to stay away from the fitness is to equip yourself with knowledge. So with that, brothers and sisters, there's food for everyone to share. So um, maybe if brothers can share plates, if you're not leaving, for those who may sit down and eat, maybe you can share plates with a brother because I don't know if it's enough. It may not be enough for everyone, but we know the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi said, if it's enough for two, make it for four. This is not for four, make it for eight. This is a narration. So this is the sunnah. We're Sunni. People who follow the sunnah. So those who may not, may not, may not be going home, if you're going to sit here, maybe share a plate with, uh, uh, with a brother, inshallah, because I don't think that's enough. Um, and maybe share with the sisters, inshallah, the sisters also. So with that, the food is there. And once again, I thank all everyone for coming out. We thank uh, the admin of Beitul Makarram for allowing us to uh, constantly share mutual benefits and to uh, enlighten ourselves, myself as I enlighten you, and to share this and to spread this, this khair. So we thank them once again. We cannot, uh, that cannot go unknown because as the Messenger wasallam said, those who do not thank the people in reality do not thank Allah. So we thank them for allowing us to, uh, to, 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 to share this mutual benefit on a weekly basis and outside of that, you know, without any red tape, so to speak. No politics involved, you know, so with that, brothers and sisters, barakallahu fikum, enjoy yourself with the food and make dua for the admin of the nation.